Hello and welcome to another episode of the Anna Perniverse. I am your host, Alex, and joining me as always is Billy. I'm back. I'm here. I'm here every week. I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me, but I'm here again. Oh, you've seen the last of me. (laughs) We Um, still have a whole other year we've concluded. (laughs) Yeah, because we've got 27 films left after today's film. Yeah. And that means that we have got 53 weeks worth of of podcast to bring to you guys. Uh, On today's podcast, we are going to be talking about Adam McKay's 2018 film Vice and uh, joining us today to talk about it is writer, podcast host and notorious Vice hater Lucy it's not a brand I just wanted to just (laughs) wanted to get that in there yeah you're not wrong um normally I would say thank you for having me but (laughs) (laughs) well I was gonna say are you are you happy to be here but I genuinely thought that the answer was gonna be no so I I did this because I like you both so consider yourselves lucky (laughs) I want to make it clear that we made Lucy be here she did not choose to be here she had no choice they've blackmailed me guys what can I say (laughs) we have like engineered this podcast to be here today talking about this film with Lucy so yeah (laughs) Uh, so a little bit about Vice, if you don't already know, Vice um, is directed by Adam McKay, who has brought us films in the past like uh, Step Brothers and Talladega Nights and The Big Short. And it is basically like a kind of almost biopic, but also like kind of mocking biopic or about uh, former Vice President Dick Cheney and his rise through into power and all that kind of stuff. Good, good, all that good stuff. It's not good, though, is it? <laughs> like, we're talking Dick Cheney here. Dick Cheney is not good. No. Okay. No. Uh, so, let's just kick it right off. Let's just dive right into it. Lucy, how how do you feel about Adam McKay's vice? <laughs> God, where do I start? Um, <laughs> it's one of the few like one star reviews I've ever given in my life um and I know I pissed off a lot of people at the time (laughs) but I I loved the big short as I was telling you before we recorded and I thought he had the capacity to do that kind of thing again but I just found this film incredibly patronizing um I kind of wanted to learn about Dick Cheney and I felt like I didn't really get anything from it apart from being like kind of spoken down to uh it's a complete mess (laughs) quite frankly it's it doesn't know what it's trying to do. It doesn't really understand. It doesn't read the room properly. I just didn't have a good time with it, in, in short. <laughs> How about you, Billy? Um, so, yeah, I think I've said this to you before, Alex, but, like, I like the film that it's trying to be after an hour. And, like, I'm not waiting an hour to get to the point of a film. Do you know what I mean? And I kind of agree with Lucy in the sense that, like, at the first time I saw it, I didn't really know anything or much about Dick Cheney and I would have liked to have learned something and I think that this film kind of starts at a point of like you need you need to have some kind of context on him but then also like if you do have context on him then why do you need to watch the film does that make sense yeah (laughs) yeah very true it's it's almost as if like we we already know 
how all of these people are. So why do we need a film telling us that? Mm. Basically. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. Now, for me, uh, I, I, well, I remember watching this for the first time when it literally first came out in cinemas. I think it was sort of early 2019. Yeah, here I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I hadn't really thought about it since, I will admit. To be honest, until we started doing this podcast, and I was like realizing that Vice was an Annapurna film. Now I have to admit something here. Oh no, he's a stan. No, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> so back in 2019, uh, well, at the end of every year, I do a top ten films of the year list, right? Oh my gosh, I didn't know it was this bad, Alex. <laughs> oh my god, I'm really nervous. I, well, I had to admit something. So here we are. Here we are. Cards on the table. Uh, so yeah, so at the end of the, every year, I do a top ten of the year of all you know the films that I've enjoyed the most. Now, twenty nineteen, Alex put Vice in at the number ten spot of my top ten films of twenty nineteen. Interesting. So I don't know like what films I was watching that year, but whether I actually I mean... really like it, really liked it, shall I say, or. Mm whether the the films that year were just so bad that Vice actually just ended up making it on. I can't remember. I've slept since then. So um... <laughs> He's been asleep since 2019. <laughs> Defrosted him. I am sure. <laughs> however, however, since then, and I've had a lot more time to think about it, especially now, uh, and do research for it and everything, I completely, I think my opinion has changed on it. Mm. Mm. I, I think I'm kind of in the camp of agreeing with you, Lucy, and, and Billy as well. I, I think there are good parts of, of it. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, I also have to say, I haven't seen The Big Shot either. And I feel like it would have been actually nice to watch The Big Shot because then I could have at least compared it to something similar. Yeah. But from a person who hasn't seen The Big Shot and only knows Vice's, like his first kind of satirical movie, it I personally did believe that it had some good parts but also there are there are very very bad parts to go Mm. along with that yeah i think the big thing like with the big short i think the the key thing for me is that i did genuinely learn a lot of stuff from the big short which is cool right because you know adam mckay is trying to educate people around you know like short and or dick cheney and i feel that with with the, the latter there was no education there at all it was just condescension <laughs> uh whereas with the big short i actually learned something and, yeah. I, and i had a good time with it and i had a, and i had a good laugh so i just wish that vice had been what the big short was if that makes sense yeah so when you went into it do you think you had like an expectation of what you were gonna like see yeah i guess um maybe it's because i'm british and obviously i'm not going to pretend i'm an expert on us politics because I, I don't know a lot and i guess i just kind of wanted a little bit more sort of context around him and i think it just sort of bypasses any kind of context and any kind of smart satirical um, commentary and just sort of punches below the belt. And I just, like, don't get me wrong, Dick Cheney is not a nice person. I have read up on him and I'm not defending him at all, just disclaimer. <laughs> uh, I, just, <laughs> I just think that a lot of it is just so condescending mm. uh, to the point where I was like, okay, like, this this isn't really funny. It's just kind of embarrassing for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just painful to watch, really. So do you think that what that's where the Adam McKay kind of went wrong with this then? Yeah, yeah. Because honestly, the, the Big Short, like the people involved in the Big Short aren't nice people either. But that was very smart. It was very slick. There was a very good cast attached to it. 
Mm. Um, and it's teaching you about something that is incredibly complicated because I'm not mathematically minded. I don't understand the stock market at all. But I felt that I learned a lot from that film. Whereas I just thought that they could have done a bit more sort of more intelligent commentary on Dick Cheney in this on this occasion. Yeah. Um, and they just didn't, if that makes sense. I think that's always going to be one of the main problems when you come to make a film that is centered around possibly one of the most evil people mm-hmm. in recent history. Um, you know, it, especially when the film almost makes him into a pro- like a protagonist as well, rather than yeah. like an antagonist. And that's it. Yeah. It, it almost sort of, almost sort of tries to humanize him as well a little bit, especially mm-hmm. during like, you know, the, uh, the around the moments where he has his heart attacks, I feel. Uh, is is quite a big moment of like oh should you feel sorry for him but like should you i mean not really to be honest yeah there's a lot of it, it i think tonally it's all over the place just in my yeah. opinion, like you say like you know you kind yeah, of I so with some kind of sympathy but then you almost encourage to laugh at him in the next shot and it's kind of like what are you doing i I don't know. I just it just frust- it frustrates me because it had the capacity to be such a good film. It it really did. Um, yeah. And part of the reason I went to see it was because I wanted to learn more about him. I did genuinely want to, because I love satire. I love things like, you know, the thick of it and that kind of thing. I think it's brilliant. But it just didn't, it just didn't hit the right notes on this occasion. Yeah, yeah, I entirely agree. I think the tone for me was like the biggest kind of um, like downfall of like, it was just so chaotic. Exactly is like the right word. And I remember I've actually like written down about like by the end when the war becomes a bit of an opera and like all the Shakespeare language and stuff. And it's like, I kind of get it. But again, it's kind of going back to what I said before of, of who, who is like, who's the film for? Because I, I probably at that time didn't know anything and like I wasn't learning, but I knew that I was kind of like getting a polemic or like an idea of what I was supposed to be feeling but Mm. I think you need to kind of give the audience some space to like have the intelligence to to make their own decisions about things and exactly what you said like we're not this is not like an excuse for dictating but like but it also gave so much grace to um George Bush as well I felt yeah i think especially when you've got someone like sam rockwell playing him as well who yeah. everybody literally loves <laughs> like yeah. sam rockwell's such a likable actor and person and generally you know and mm-hmm. then you're looking at him playing this this role of this human being who's done terrible things and has been part of so many terrible things and it's hard to kind of separate potentially as well i also think like you know talking about giving the audience some space and actually assuming that your audience knows some of the stuff that's actually going on i mean there's a literal scene in the film where adam mckay is literally serving us information on a plate like literally serving us information which is the worst scene i'm sorry it's oh yeah no it is it's terrible isn't it because it's literally just adam mckay going i'm going to give you all of this information because I don't think you know anything about this, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna do it in such a way that is so yeah. incredibly dumb. I found like... that so disrespectful because it was it was about Guantanamo Bay, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you? <laughs> this, this is so pathetic. Are you kidding me? 
that, that, that scene really wound me up, actually. I really hated that scene. <laughs> it just it didn't need to exist. It was so condescending. It was just, it wasn't funny. I, I don't know what he was thinking, quite frankly. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and then it yeah, comes... When... Oh, sorry. Go on, Billy. No, Go I was just going to say, when I was re-watching, um, like, the, I, I got so confused because I was like, wait, are they actually in a restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like oh wait he's giving them these things and then I was like wait okay I need to like adjust my brain because I have clearly not been paying attention and then I suppose with that it then comes down to like because you know when it comes to satirical things it, satirical things always push boundaries it always has always will do yeah. and it's just really comes down to how far do you go when do you cross the line and it did feel like he crossed the line multiple times in a, in kind of very distasteful ways yeah, that that's it. I think you know you're you're trying to be satirical, you're trying to be funny, but I just think something like something as controversial as Guantanamo Bay, I just don't think that was delivered particularly well. Um, it was a bit lazy on his part, um, and maybe it's just me, and I'm sure people got something out of it, but I just found it just left a bad taste in my mouth. I just I didn't like it at all. Uh, yeah, that's one of my least favorite scenes. I really don't like that one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So is there anything else that you dislike about the movie, particularly? Yeah, there's there's one thing, if we, if you don't mind me, just kind of just going off on a tangent. Um, do it. Go so, ahead. Yeah, we love tangents. I'm just cringing here, right? The fake end credit scene <laughs> is genuinely, right, the worst... Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah. It's the worst fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> I, was just, I wanted to leave at that point. I was like, are you kidding me? You're like, oh, the movie like, is... The over. movie has ended. It's over <laughs> now. Let's leave. I was like, I hated it so much. I just, I wanted to go. I was like, right, okay, see you. <laughs> yeah, I saw so, I think I remember actually when I, when I first saw it, um, I think I found that bit like really funny. I so yeah so this so this is thing because I remember watching this film for the first time quite vividly because you know I went with a few friends it was after work or whatever yeah and that bit came up and I remember being so impressed by it <laughs> <laughs> like genuinely no word of a lie just being like oh my god okay but then obviously when you think about it in hindsight and you think about how the film is treating its audience and it's like we're not stupid yeah but then it it's kind of that thing of how far do you go with the joke like how far do you go with the oh you know this is how it could have ended but no it didn't end like that he went on to commit some of the most atrocious war crimes that a man has ever committed like <laughs> yeah yeah but i think that's the problem is it's not like cohesive enough to like mm. warrant that happening is is if it was like kind of a really focused narrow tone and we like knew where we were going it was like you could probably do little asides like that and like wink at the audience or whatever but when it's like that sporadic already it's like what is going on and it was so dragged out like you said Alex it just sort of it just didn't know when to kind of cut the joke um I'm yeah. also kind of being like oh you know and then he lived happily ever after lol jk but that was just taking the piss out of like what like I'm so <laughs> bored can you just move on we, we get it now we get it you're you, mm. being funny okay like I, I don't know I just hated that moment <laughs> so much yeah. yeah it's a really long film as, as well though like two hours <laughs> 12 minutes and you feel yeah. every minute of it I really feel Honestly. like I'm so- Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> it really is. put Lucy through her paces. It, it is up there with like, 
long <laughs> films that feel long. How do you feel, Lucy, about uh, Jesse Plemons' character? Remind and me. his involvement in the film. So obviously, throughout uh, the, you know, the first two thirds, probably even a bit more of the film, he's the narrator. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, sorry. Ah, fine, I guess. Um, I guess it's just, it's just that kind of obnoxious American commentary that I just don't like. Um, yeah. oh, I'm I'm gonna sound like such a dickhead here. I'm sorry, but like I just some some American comedy just doesn't doesn't land with me. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I just I didn't think he was like necessary. Like I love Jesse Plemons, honestly. Like I think he's a brilliant actor. I think he's amazing. But I just I don't think he contributed too much to this film. Really, I don't really think he needed to be there. Um, the point where I forgot that he was the narrator. That's how bad it was. Literally. But the thing is, okay. his character is so integral to the plot of the film. Like it isn't just him being the narrator. Like you know. Um, and this is a thing that I also remember being quite impressed by in in, in the first watch. Like how you know we are watching this all happen, and Jesse Plemons' character is narrating, and then obviously he gets hit by the car and dies, and then. It's his heart that uh, Dick, that Dick Cheney gets, and then obviously, like the ramifications and the kind of mm-hmm. the the connotations that you take from Dick Cheney having the heart of a of a military veteran inside him, keeping him alive, and all of that kind of stuff. But then that is is kind of a, a nice, not nice. I don't, I don't know why nice came into my head. Um, it's an interesting kind of metaphor to make and it says a lot. But then at the same time, I feel like it doesn't say anything at all. Like That's the thing. Like If I saw this on paper and I hadn't seen the film, I would think it was a, a very good idea, but I just think it was incredibly poorly executed. Um, and it's such a shame because you could make such a bold statement with that kind of thing, couldn't you? You know, you could be kind of like, this guy's, you know, disrespecting the army and disrespecting all this kind of stuff, and you know, but he's got the heart of a veteran inside him, like you say. But it just, it just didn't connect the way that I thought it would. Um, and it's kind of, it's, it's just a testament to how much of a mess this film really is in terms of it doesn't, it doesn't really know what it's trying to do in terms of its tone or in terms of the message it's trying to convey. It's just sort of random things, and I don't know. I just, I like it on paper. I'll give it that. <laughs> But yeah, we were really discussing like the ethics of it and how, I mean, the with his story is actually almost the more interesting one in a way because it's mm. like, well, how do, how does he? And also because the guy, obviously in real life, if if it actually happened that wait, we we did find out that that was actually real, didn't we, Alex? Um, no, actually, one second, I'm going to Google that while you just say what you're saying. Cause yeah, because I was going to sure. say, if it's a real thing, then that man is like, he's dead. And yeah. like, he did not consent to having that, that kind of story made about him. And that mm-hmm. kind of like threw me off balance in the sense that like, you've made him a very central character to your narrative. I'm sure like, maybe he, he spoke to his family or something and was like, um, and figured out if it was okay, but yeah, I was a bit worried about him being so central to the narrative and maybe not having any permission. That's a really good point because you know, obviously, I'm I'm all for you know calling people out and kind of holding people to account, but you know, you kind of need to consent to kind of being part of that narrative. Yeah, so because at the it's beginning, it's like yeah, they're like, oh, we this is 
how it is, but we don't actually know because he was really secretive, but we did our best. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but we also would like to know the facts. Is this really how it happened? Is mm-hmm. this like... Yeah, so... um well, apparently the donor of the heart uh, for Dick Cheney was never identified. Okay. Oh, so they don't so actually know if it is. It was literally just Adam McKay's idea to make it like that. Okay, but that's actually really kind of... Yeah. I mean, It's I, interesting, that's... but also like... Yeah. I'm I don't really possible. know that that's okay. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think I, I, I kind of... If I was to be in Adam McKay's head, I can see what direction he was trying to go through with that decision. But then also at the same time, it's also kind of not, yeah, it's a bit. I think it's a bit of a strange thing to invent though, isn't it? Because like, you know, donors could be anybody. I don't really understand why you invent that because Dick Cheney was a dickhead regardless of whose organs he has inside of him. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Dick Cheney was a dickhead. Yeah, great quote. (laughs) (laughs) That was his name. But yeah, um, it's just, it's a bit of a strange one to sort of just sort of write down and go, oh yeah, let's really sort of humanise this guy's heart because you don't need that to kind of illustrate how much of an awful person he was anyway. Exactly, yeah. It's almost like you're trying to decorate the cake too much. Yeah, like we, we know he's terrible. Yeah, you know, for sure. If that story had been true and if the family had consented, maybe I would feel a bit differently about it. But now that you've researched that, Alex, I'm not. I think I kind of hate it more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think you're right. Very much so. I do have to say, one of my like favorite, or not favorite things, but one of the like the most interesting things to me about this whole film is the like way it. The, the it's more about like who the characters he decides to give grace to and then like strips it away from them is mm-hmm. in like at the beginning we're supposed to hate amy adams character but love dick cheney and feel so bad for him because he was like being i don't know they almost made him out to look like he didn't know what he was doing he was like what's a republican <sighs> yeah yeah i'll be that and like and then in the second half to i don't know because it, it's not like a hero's journey or like an anti-hero journey of like we love him until we hate him or we hate him till we love him. It's like the whole way through, if you have any kind of context, even just the smallest amount of context, like you see the words Iraq war and you know that like, you're not really going to enjoy any of these characters. It's just so weird about who he chooses to like, be like, you should like this person at this time. And it's weird. It's the same with, with George Bush. We've already covered that, but like, I just don't know who I'm supposed to like and who I'm supposed to dislike. I d- I mean, it's strange, isn't it? Because, you know, going into it and, like, you look at what this film is about and who is a part of this film and you should straight away go, I shouldn't like any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then that's, again, where maybe the film goes wrong is in it's the depths it goes to to try and make you like some of these people or at least to try and humanise some of these people. Yeah, I think the one person that I actually quite liked, and it's strange because he's a bit of a controversial actor, is um, Steve Carell as um, Don Rumsfeld was actually very good because he was very, very slimy (laughs) and very horrible and just insufferable and hard to watch. And I thought he played him very well. But aside from him, you're right, there's a lot of grey areas around sort of like, who am I supposed to like in this instance? I 
what <laughs> it's a weird one but I, I think Rumsfeld was played very well I just think the rest of them were a bit sort of all over the place yeah very much so I guess he was the most consistent character and maybe that's why we like latch on to him because we're like yeah. okay you're as sane as they come in this because at least you're like hateful all the way through yeah and Corral did that well and like granted I'm not his biggest fan to be honest with you but I do think he was pretty good in this film Mm. kind of demonstrating that he could do that kind of just beyond his like office character you know Um, yeah this is like on the rise for him as like he'd done Foxcatcher and he'd done like a couple other like serious and I would argue Foxcatcher is probably his best role oh yeah Um, 100% but yeah, it was nice to see him doing something a little different. But like I say, aside from Rumsfeld, the rest of them were kind of like, what are you trying to say here? <laughs> I don't really get it. <laughs> yeah, I think it, they needed to pick a lane, like yeah. make them out to be the the terrible person or try and make us like them, which in this case would never work mm-hmm. or should never work at least. Yeah, I guess that was his issue, was, like, he knew what he was dealing with, and so he was like, I'm just going to do something crazy here. And, like, it's just going to be off the wall, like, mm-hmm. you're not even supposed to. But I think that, I don't know, I I love films too much where the, the, the there's no one that you're supposed to hate or, or like. Like, I like the the idea that we can all be, like, variations of of different things and obviously that isn't the accessible end point here because mm. I don't think anyone other than maybe his family has like a nice thing to say about him as in he's done so much bad to, to other people yeah that it's just no like I mean was there a movie I, about him I, before this I don't think so maybe I'm there not, just wasn't one to be told because not that I can think of really no, no. I just think what Adam McKay tries to do is make a grey area where there isn't one. Mm. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it seems that way, to be honest. It's like, but the, but then also it's like, it's too it's too much one way for it to be even, to even have like a grey area or to even like give him that excuse because it's just too like extremely one track. Yeah, but do you, I mean, it is pretty scathing in the way it kind of portrays Dick Cheney, but do you think it's scathing enough? Um, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, because every bad thing that he, he done was in there, but also I guess, I guess because of the tone and because of the, the satire, mm. there's not enough room for for that kind of like serious is like there was someone cracking a joke every second or like something was supposed to be funny every second and so like maybe actually a more serious toned down version of this film is actually the film that works yeah yeah I'm I'm with Billy on that I think I I admire what they were trying to do comedically but I just think they were all almost making light of these like horrible atrocities Mm. um and like, like I say, I, I love satire as a genre. Like when satire is done well, it's done very well. Like when you can really ridicule a person, it's great. But I just don't think it was done well. And I think we were kind of put in a position where we were kind of encouraged to laugh, but we didn't want to. And it just, it didn't feel right. Because I was laughing at this horrible, well, well <laughs> encouraged to laugh at this horrible person. And I just thought, I, I don't like what you're doing here. Because it's not the kind of satire that I gravitate towards. Um, yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. I like, guess it's like Shakespeare in a way, like 
the fact that he actually took you know and added Shakespeare into his thing is like Shakespeare in itself as a as his like plays are satire they are making fun of our government but through different access points Mm -hmm. and maybe like the the better film is making something that is actually satirical about something else that is actually telling this story and we can be like oh we know because that's the smart version of this film right it's not like these are all your players and you know them and you know what they've done because that's not how it how it works traditionally yeah, maybe they yeah. could have honed in on one particular thing that Dick Cheney did or one particular event, but I think they tried to squeeze in so much mm. of like his life and his backstory and like the things that he'd been doing to the point where you just felt confused. And like honestly, like if people think I'm super for being confused, that's fine. But I was yeah. confused. I, I, <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was like, what? What? Like I, I don't know. I feel like because obviously this was a global production it wasn't just america so so I, I felt that it needed to do something more for its wider audience because we didn't learn about this guy do you know what i mean like i had to do a lot of reading on dick cheney before i kind of understood entirely who he was but yeah maybe that's on me because i'm not clued up on politics but i just felt that it was it made too many assumptions about what people thought of him originally yeah. I guess, if that makes sense incredibly so i mean yeah it you know, I think political satire is a ticking time bomb as it is, but it has been done well, both on film and on TV. Like you mentioned before, the thick of it, incredible political satire. You've even got Veep in America um, with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who is absolutely wonderful. I've been but these are, this, yeah. <laughs> these are these are These are not real characters. It's not anything that you can really properly pin to real life it's like adam mckay announcing that he's going to make a film called prime minister about the rise of boris johnson and like us watching that and then adam mckay going ah but you can have a laugh at him and it's like but no because of the situation that we are in at the moment and the way that we are viewing this person it's not it's not something that you want to do and maybe you know because dick cheney stopped being vice president in 2008 but yeah that's still not that long ago in the grand scheme of things so it could still be raw for certain people in america do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i guess people who are affected by his decisions the political Mm. thing that we were growing up inside of like tony blair was our prime minister when like all of us were born and we were too young to even like know or care about politics because it just wasn't you know I'm not like six years old being like what's a republican (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so it's like maybe for us because it's not something that we like really experienced in terms of like we grew up with the Iraq war like it was happening while we were like becoming adult or or becoming even like 10 years old or whatever Mm. it's like Maybe maybe we're not the audience. <laughs> maybe we're re- realizing things about ourselves. <laughs> maybe this was for like fifty year olds who were like, "Oh, that Dick Cheney." Yeah, because like like you said, we we were pro- we were too young to understand anything that happened during mm. the time that the film is set. So yeah, maybe it isn't for us. <laughs> but then, who's it for, Alex? <laughs> but then that's that is the big grand old question, isn't it? Mm. Is there an answer to it? Probably not. Because, like, honestly, it it has some incredible reviews, and like, you know, it's it's won awards, and like, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Like, genuinely, genuinely it's it's definitely not. Is, my opinion is not, you know, 
Lol. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes, it <laughs> is. We are Lucifer's wow. Hollywood stands. Uh. I, oh, bless you. But no, I, I think, honestly, like, if people like this film, that's fine. I'm not going to kick off at you. I just think it's a bit too condescending for me and maybe my age group. Um, But I'd like to hear people that like it. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is an age thing. Maybe. Maybe we're smarter than mm. the generation. <laughs> <laughs> Adam McKay is making his films and he's Average. maybe the target audience is boomers. Who's <laughs> Can we get a boomer review? No, because actually we've got we've got as Lucy's research, Mark Kermode didn't enjoy it. And he, yeah, exactly. he's old oh, well, Mark Kermode is the least boomer to ever boomer, let's be yeah, fair. Amen, amen. Who uh, maybe we should actually get into the awards circuit yeah. a bit all. Yeah, so it got nominated at like every award ceremony for like Many awards, like I think it got nominated like, for eight category. Oscars. Oh, eight Oscars. Human, like <laughs> that year was a shambles. Though. That was Green Book year, no? Like no. Oh, was it? No, it was. Oh no! Wait, yeah, it, it was. was. It You're was. right. Yeah, it was Green that Book year. year. That year. Mm. No <laughs> surprises then. No surprises. <laughs> yep. As if yeah. it, it got nominated for best director. Get out of here. No, yeah, and best screenplay. Um, yeah that I remember so this was the year I remember it was the year after Greta Gerwig got her nomination I think and I was like yeah yeah I was so exhausted I was like watching the um Oscar announcements like on my lunch break and I think it got to the director category and it was like all men and I just like closed my laptop that's enough (laughs) awards content for today (laughs) who who won best director that year was it it was is it Alphonse no was it Alfonso Cuarón? That's how. Let's find out. Oh, it was. It was Roma. It was Roma. Oh, it okay. Was... Yeah. Well, oh, so it was Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah. Yeah. Bad... yeah. 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 I thought um... so. I thought so. Best of a bad bunch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he deserved that. But like, yeah. some of the like best editing of Vice. Are you joking me? The state of like, oh no, <laughs> absolutely not. Well. But what won best film editing instead? Something even worse. So oh, we won't even get not... into that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, Vice was like Microsoft PowerPoint or the fucking state. I was like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw an incredibly wonderful review on Letter, but I, I see if I can find it so I can um, so I can credit them. But they were like. Uh, there were so many. Fr- oh yeah, it was something like there are so many freeze frames in this film that I'm worried that Adam McKay's next film is going to be a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> true. Coming later this year, we'll find. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's give me a PowerPoint, Adam. Like, what are you doing? Like, the I don't thing know is, is editing is known as the the silent art form, but but not here. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that was Iana on um on Letterbox. It's like the top. The top review on on Vice. Well, I love this person. Like that, that was great. I enjoyed that. But if there was anything that it did deserve to be nominated for, then it was hair and makeup and, and so costume it. design. Okay, I suppose. If I I'm think positive, yes, I'll give it that. Um... <laughs> Wait, shall we get the positives out of the way now? <laughs> yeah, I, I genuinely, on a serious note, think what it did with with the makeup on on um, Christian Bale was very good. Um, I think the the kind of the aesthetic was good. I'll give it that. Um, I'm fine with it winning that. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> um, editing, absolutely not. No, no way. No, it was a PowerPoint. I could have done that. It's <laughs> like, what is this? Lucy putting in her application to be literally. Go do it for you now. 
<laughs> yeah, God damn it, Adam McKay. I can put a mid-credit sting in. Exactly. I mean, it's not difficult. It just putting some text over the over the footage. Um, what else? What I did like is the American Hustle reunion. That's a good point, actually. Yes, yeah. The uh, reunion of the the icons. I liked Amy Adams' commitment to being. Uh, is it Lynn? Lynn Cheney? Lynn. Oh, yes. and also what I love the most is at the beginning is like she sets the tone of like we're all exhausted by Dick Cheney because she's just shouting at him from like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, funnily enough, you should bring the family up because I wanted to talk about that because I would oh, yeah. I would argue that in the film that is the thing that humanizes Dick Cheney the most the decisions he makes around his daughter his his well yeah that and just his family in general mm. but yeah so obviously and this was true to life he decided that he was going to back out of politics because uh is it mary cheney who came out as a lesbian i think because think uh, there's mary and liz and mary came out as a lesbian it's mary, yeah, and it. he was advised that if he was to have a political career that he would just get absolutely eviscerated by the media and all that kind of stuff for having a daughter who's a lesbian especially back in those days um Back in those days, too. Back in those days, t- 20 years ago. Oh, no, um... 2001. <laughs> <laughs> um... We had obviously like his other daughter, Liz, who came out against same sex marriage as well. Which oh my gosh. Really that... Yeah, so this, is, so this is what I wanted to ask you guys. How do you feel about how the movie deals with that as an issue? And again, I, from my personal point of view, like because it's trying to humanize Dick Cheney because he's made that decision for his daughter, it kind of just gives me the ick a little bit. Mm. It's a bit of a mess, isn't it? I... Yeah. I think the final, the thing for me that really like tipped it off was like the final sequence. I think it goes on for like maybe 10 to 15 minutes is like so vulgar. I think it's like the heart transplant and then there's like the intermittent homophobia when she's talking. I think it is when like Liz says about being anti. Yeah. And it's like inserted amongst all these like really vulgar, really like I, I, I watch with my hands over my eyes because I can't like do blood. I'm just not, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, but that like, and then it was like the refugees on the beach. And I think like even there's like images of Tony Blair and it's like, oh, I don't know. It, I think the same as you. Alex of like it just made me feel so uncomfortable that they were putting something that is such like a weighty issue especially in the Republican party uh, exactly yeah amongst I'm... all of that and just being like oh this is just in the side like we're just gonna slip this in he was like his daughter was homophobic yeah and the thing is as well is like you're making this film in 2018 mm. like surely you know to treat it with a bit more respect and a bit more dignity than the way it's treated in the film. Mm. Yeah, and I just think it's another way of kind of almost making you feel good about Cheney, and it's like, but he's not a nice person, though. Like, yeah. He's still part of it. It's like when people, like, I have a really big issue of, um, like, left-wing people who can date right-wing people, and it's like, that's that's fair enough like people can say people are not their politics I don't agree but it's okay um <laughs> trying to like do so many disclaimers here. um but it's like ultimately he is part of a party that that's whole like mm. ethos is around um being anti um LGBTQ 
community and it's like you're still part of the system so it's like whether or not you you personally take on a stance like you are still attached endorsing enabling a belief system Mm. and it's just like it's the same thing as like he doesn't get that pass because he is like perpetuating it yeah I think it should have been like a separate issue because they could have done like a separate scene away from him addressing that I don't think they had to involve him at all really if that makes sense Mm. um because obviously he would have an opinion on it, of course he would, but I think it was more to do with his daughter and less so him. And I think mm. involving him and making him look like a good person wasn't a good look for me, if that makes sense. Like I, yeah, that's It was mm. more like shoehorning at the end, like you say, it was in the yeah. last like, half hour or so, wasn't it? It was like the end of the film. Yeah, like when it becomes a big issue. I think she comes out in the middle of the film, but like it becomes like yeah. a thing at the end. Towards the end, because obviously Liz is sort of like starting to run for for sort of Congress and stuff like that. I just refuse to believe that like Mary Cheney had an easy time coming out to a person like Dick Cheney who holds the views that he holds and for them to kind of brush over that mm. I think is is yeah, kind I of dangerous. Part of the air, let's face it, I really don't think he is. Like it, it can't have been that easy. <laughs> no, no, no way. way. No way whatsoever. And especially even with, like, like I know that Lynn showed a bit more of a distaste towards it, but it equally not as aggressive as I imagine it would have been. Mm-hmm. Again, like, speculation, whatever, but it is... Anyway, I just can't. Republicans just trying to excuse themselves from things. I just can't. I just can't. Adam McKay is not a Republican, so I just don't understand what he was trying to achieve with that particular segment. It just didn't feel on brand for him. Yeah, yeah, the whole great. film is so very obviously left. Yeah, until yeah, very much yeah. so. It makes it very obvious that, like, although there are the, the bits where it's humanizing, it does still make it incredibly obvious that it's like mm-hmm. you are watching this film because we want to make you hate Dick Cheney. But did it make you hate Dick Cheney? Though that's the question. But that, but then that also comes back to the argument of: Did you already hate Dick Cheney going into the film? Because you already knew. I wonder what if Dick anyone Cheney came did. out of the film and Liking. changed their mind. <laughs> well, funnily enough, what what I wanted to talk to, sort of going back to who this film was for. Obviously, there was a a mid credit scene, an actual mid credit scene. Yeah. Um, oh. Which don't, was a Alex. Don't. Well, no, I, we have to talk about I it. Can't. Bloody armor. Okay, fine. It's like, one of my least favorite. <laughs> so no, but it's the hot. But but that this is the thing. So obviously we are watching this happen, and obviously it's about politics between when uh, Dick Cheney was first getting into politics mm. in like the sixties and the seventies, and then mm. bringing it up to two th- the two thousand politics. However, we are watching this film from the view of Donald Trump as president, Boris. You know the, yeah. the concern, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then you get this shoehorned in mid credit scene where it's a faked uh, focus group who have just watched the film mm. and are like saying you know what, giving their opinions on it and whatever and then like libtard gets thrown out as a as an insult by one of the guys and and it's just so I think that was the cringiest bit of the movie for me cringier yeah. than the mid credits uh, sting 
uh, the the mid film credit sting, shall I say? I think that that's the thing for me where it was like, who? Okay, then that was the final like nail in the coffin. Was that okay? Then who is the movie for? Because you're clearly making fun of liberals. You're clearly making fun of like Republicans, and you're you're saying all oh, these people they're just going to keep attacking each other, and it's like, well, like, do you not see that that's that's a problem, and do you not think that that's actually not something to make fun of, and is actually something really serious in our society? Yeah as a whole that's actually making things so much more worse that it could have just been left out like I knew that they did the focus groups throughout um but yeah I remember like that that's actually something that I made a note on and I was like I just just leave it now (laughs) we've left the film just please just (laughs) stop it just let it end yeah that's it though you're right I think it's just there's so much punching below the belt that there's just not a lot of intelligent kind of commentary. There's not a lot of satire. There's not a lot of sort of... It just felt like they were trying to kind of attack both sides for the sake of it. And I was like, okay. Like, I, I, I hated that mid credit scene. <laughs> yeah. The fact yeah. that I watched it in the first place was, was remarkable because I wanted to leave that theatre really fast. Oh, yeah, you got to that point. <laughs> I got to that point. Um, <laughs> like, like you, Billy, I didn't think it needed to exist at all. Mm. Um, it was just kind of shoehorned in there, like most things in this film. And again, it just confuses things more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like the last bit of confusion of like, because I actually, if we're talking about things we do like, that I love, 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 love the last part when he's talking to the camera. Like, I know it's like very obvious, mm. but like, I think it really drives like home the point of the whole film is that he is obviously it's the line where he's like you chose me and I did as you asked and I think that that is something that this like world needs to realize is ultimately like someone elected these people into government and like we can sit and make fun of them all all that we want but they were the popular choice and they were I mean maybe not in America because of the, the the way that the things the elections work over there but it's the same here of like ultimately it's the popular choice and I just feel like so many people decide to abdicate responsibility and like people who like don't vote and people who vote right and choose these things and then are ultimately like oh but it's not representing me and it's like well it's representing someone and it's clearly representing the majority of the country at the end of the day um that was something that I really did like was that like I think in plain tone is really interesting it's just like again is it getting to the audience that needs to hear it i don't really think so that's a really good mm. point yeah. yeah hold for applause <laughs> who, who, who is preaching to at this point um, <laughs> i don't know who i'm point. preaching to because everyone who listens to this <laughs> cast is definitely loved. man i just I'm, I'm sorry that i get so aggressive i just really don't like this <laughs> i just don't like it i think the more i talk about it the more it's actually like grating on me because I find it so serious like I find the like mm. these that this value system of, of what stemmed from the Iraq war is the world that we're living in now like Islamophobia and the rise of like general nationalism and hatred mm. and like it has it's actually more yeah now I'm annoyed Lucy <laughs> it's like, what happens <laughs> yeah it's like it's actually really infuriating because it's like why these issues are actually the heart of everything that's like wrong now i feel like the film's ultimate message is like dick cheney started the iraq war and that was like the comment it was trying to make and then like beyond that what what was that yeah but then i suppose in a way or at least the way i see it is it's trying to say what would ultimately 
uh, place a man or a person, sorry, in such a position to actually make those abhorrent decisions. Mm. But then obviously after discussing what we've discussed, it just, those steps don't happen, do they, really? Not really, no. I'm um, just looking because I know, I feel like this film, was it nominated Best Original or Best Adapted? It was, it was one of the screenplayers, yeah, you're right. I'm trying to see like what it was up against. It was Best Original Screenplay, so let me see who else is in the category and who won. Oh, Best Original Screenplay winner was Green Book. I th- Wait, original? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not based off a book, is it? Yeah, oh. that, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> That's I just so... I just assume, looking back at it, that Green Book is based off a book, but it's it's not technically based off a written book, is it? So it's yeah, the, the what it was up against. So it, it was up against Vice, obviously, but then there was. Um, let me just see. So Vice was considered original. I can't imagine it yeah. had been considered adapted. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I've just had this in this incredible thought oh yeah i just didn't realize Uh what is wrong with adam mckay because how is vice so like polarizing but then he has his name (laughs) well i mean we could talk about like stepbrothers and all that kind of stuff because that's all just straight fire and absolutely wonderful yeah it's great but comparatively we're looking at vice which is a film that he made but he is a producer on Succession. Exactly, Succession. I told you I talked to I talked to Reese about that film. That yeah, series. and it's brilliant. Yeah, it, it's like, exceptional stuff. That is the yeah. ultimate satire, and maybe it's just because he's not actually fully and involved like, in it. Little shout out to Reese. Both Reese and I hate Vice. But yeah, we're kind of connected over Succession. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, yeah. So yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's brilliant, and also Annapurna wise. Booksmart mm. produced Booksmart. Oh yeah, he's got quite really? a lot of oh, shit. credits under his belt. What's he? this man doing? <laughs> Him and Will Ferrell are like a producing yeah. um the producing teammates, aren't they? They produce a lot of stuff together. No, but like and yeah. They do how, some good stuff. How did he go so wrong on this one? Exactly. It just makes no sense. Right, so the best original screenplay category that year was the favorite first reformed roma vice and then green book and green book one oh, i mean the favorite it should have been the favorite or roma is that was like the the year before i feel like there had been so much like i think the year before was the me too ceremony mm-hmm. and then like for this to be the year after i think that that's where my like opinions on this film and like my general like overlook of it has been like distorted in a way because I always knew that it was going to be like an awards player yeah. and I, was just, I just felt like I was like we've just fallen back a year it's just it's so hard because I feel like like I say it was it was deserving of makeup and it was deserving of, of that kind of thing it just felt like editing though like but why like, like I'm just like okay like really do we have any concluding thoughts? Anything we just need to get off our chests before we move on? I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just reflecting upon my notes. I've just written down like a lot of quotes. Adam McKay's face has been dragged through the mud. Mine's just 
how much I hate this. Um, <laughs> Lucy's opinion has not changed. <laughs> so this is my thing. I again was so impressed by this film that it made my top ten of the year. You're ridiculous. <laughs> for some strange unknown reason, and I don't know why. But anyway, so this is a thing that I feel like I'm allowed to do. Okay, and I'm going to do this live on the podcast. I'm going to remove Vice <laughs> from my top 10 of 2019. And I'm going to replace it with a film from 2019 that I actually thoroughly enjoyed. And that was uh, The Kid Who Would Be King. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, directed by Joe Cornish, who attacked the block. Oh. Incredible film. Absolutely adore it. Um, but yeah, I just remember going into that film and just kind of being just like, you know what? This was really good. I've not I, watched it in a while. I remember Should seeing the like, adverts for this. I just Googled it. Yeah, the main character is Andy Serkis's, is played by Andy Serkis's son. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite something. Okay, well, we like that wholesome addition so, to your top 10. We've changed it. We're, we're, we're a changed person. Wait, I've got one final aside. So for me, the film lost me really early on because Jesse Plemons' character was talking about his favourite football team being the Steelers and my team is their rival, the Ravens. So, Whoa. Know, it's not good enough. Me there, I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just have to, because I may, I it bothered me enough for me to make a note about it. So I thought I had to honour the the mm. irritants my, myself felt on um two days ago <laughs> fair cool any anything else lucy anything apart from your just vehement hate of this movie i just okay so <laughs> looking at the categories for the oscars and the baftas that year i just don't understand how it got nominated as well as it did i'm just mm. like okay <laughs> Like, obviously, Bohemian Rhapsody was shit. Like, it really was. It didn't deserve press editing, I'm not going to lie. But, like, there were so many <laughs> better films in 2019, I just didn't like it. Yeah, and I think, even on Wikipedia, I know Wikipedia is not really a reliable source, but, it, you know, it said it was polarising, and it was a polarising, like, it was a really polarising film. Like, I, I'm on the, the bad side of it, but people loved it. You know, people yeah. gave it, like, five stars, and I'm like, fair, <laughs> if that's what you think. <laughs> just let it, just, at this point, just let it happen. Like, I'm not that invested to the point where I'm going to, like, lose friendships over the fact people like Vice. I'm not that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't really care if you like it or you don't like it, but I just don't, so whatever. <laughs> if your friendship has ended over Vice, let us know. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> have you put ties over Vice? Like, <laughs> like, did you have a friend that loved Vice so much that you cut them out <laughs> of your you life? cut them out forever. Let yeah. us know. Oh, dear. Very quickly, how are we feeling going into Adam McKay's next film, which is going to be coming out on Netflix later this year? From the cast list, I'm excited. I am just can't wait to see Jennifer yeah. Lawrence in something again. Yeah, it's been a long time. I have missed her, and I am ready to see her face on the big screen again. See, Adam McKay is generally quite good, so yes, I am excited. I am. I genuinely mm. am. I think he's yeah. great, just not Vice. <laughs> it's yeah. it's going to be interesting to see. But then I also, again, feel like this is going to be as heavy-handed as Vice is. You think? But from the pictures, it looks kind of like futuristic almost. Well, do you, I mean, it's about 
Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence's characters going around the world warning the general population about a catastrophic event that's about to happen and everyone's ignoring them. Is that correct? I think so. Am I correct in thinking? I mean, if that ain't the biggest allegory for what's going on right now, like... Can we say the name of the project or...? (laughs) It's called... Yeah, Don't Look Up, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's it. So if people are interested. I feel like it's a case of maybe this is him doing the Shakespeare thing of talking about a problem without making it the problem. Yeah, without it being the problem. This is going to be, like, a version of that. Are you saying that Adam McKay is this generation's William Shakespeare? You heard it here first, (laughs) 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 We've been waiting and we have found it. Honourable mention to Jack Gregson for saying that he didn't mind Vice so much, but he does wonder why Adam McKay keeps chasing Oscar gold when he already made a masterpiece with Step Brothers. This may sound like I'm kidding, but I'm being deadly serious. I I completely agree. I agree with him. I agree because I think, I said this to you the other day, Alex, I was like, I feel like he made Step Brothers and was like, well, that's a once in a career kind of (laughs) feeling. So, like, now I can just make what I want. I mean, what other films did he direct, though, before going into the big shots? I feel like, although all in the same kind of comedy genre, they are completely different. Mm. Like, you know, where where did he decide to go from just straight-up comedies to these kind of satirical, Mm. like, kind of different comedy wait let me have a look what he directed before he went into the big shot i feel like it wasn't like i don't think his directing spans like Um, he's done a lot but he's not done like a lot he's done so the last yeah the last film he directed before the big shot was anchorman 2 so yeah i can kind of understand why the left turn happened and the many things in between are like shorts tv documentaries documentary (laughs) yeah maybe he was inspired by his like stint in documentary Potentially, yeah. He's like, I'd like to translate this to fiction. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, as fiction-y as it gets. So, of course, uh, Lucy, um, we'll just bring you up to speed as we bring everyone up to speed as well, uh, mm. uh, as usual. Uh, because this podcast is the Annapurna verse, all of these films are connected in some way. For us. <laughs> For <laughs> no, us. No. They're not really, but this is what we're trying to do. This is... This is, you know, it's what we're trying to do. So anyway. have you seen the 2011 film, Lawless? I have not, but I want to hear it. So <laughs> I want to... Take it away, guys. What you got? Okay, so they, we, we, me and Billy have got the floor. We're going to try and think of a connection. So, Billy, have you thought of anything? How do we connect Lawless How to Vice? Do we... I feel like Good. Callum kind of helped us out last week when he was like, oh, it's about general... Corruption. Corruption. <laughs> Yeah, is that enough of a link? Because usually I'm gonna say it. <laughs> Guy Pierce's character, oh no, is again. the great grandfather. <laughs> we no, seem to be going for the paternal. We week. seem to be going for the paternal connections, but you know, well, yeah, no, maybe you're right. Maybe we just go with the kind of looser connection of corruption in the you know in the American government, mm. and about how generations have passed and things haven't changed. Exactly. Or how Tom Hardy starting a company that sells moonshine 
um, you know, illegally to people directly led to Dick Cheney becoming the vice president of the United States of America. <laughs> well, you just didn't even bother to try and like make any kind of sense. There is that. no connection there, but there is at the same time. <laughs> How do you feel about this, Lucy? Do you think we've done a good enough job there? Because I personally don't. I'll take it. It's a conspiracy theory. I'm here. I'm here for it. We love a conspiracy theory. They were real life characters, so oh, like, they yeah. real life people. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe Dick Cheney's grandpa drank some of their moonshine. Yeah, Who knows? That was his villain origin story. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, right. Okay. Well. That is done, and um, it is now time to do... We're going to spin the wheel. But first we have to ask Lucy, what other Annapurna films do you like? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, so my big one is her, mm. um, and it's not really my kind of film, <laughs> but mm. I thought it was great. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a wholesome film with wacky... It's so beautiful. You answer, it's a good film. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have never seen her... Oh, you need to. It's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the the thing that we kind of established uh, sort of at the beginning of this podcast journey between me and, me and Billy is that I've seen about seven of them and Billy hasn't seen about seven of them. So <laughs> I, 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 That's great. So yeah, so Billy's seen way more than I have. But yeah, so this is a big catch up kind of game for me. Yeah. It's just me. So many so of my nice favourite films, or at least films that I've loved in the last 10 years are from Annapurna. It's just me wanting to make Alex watch them. I would say her and Foxcatcher are my big two. Mm. Um, Foxcatcher is not spoken about enough, I feel we like. We talked about Fox, Foxcatcher, which is Steve Carell's best film, You Can Fight Me. Mm, um, I agree. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of... Heaven what... almighty, how dare you! <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's me, but like, here's the big one for me, I think, yeah. Right, what's the wheel got for us today, Alex? Yeah, let's do it. Let's spin let's the wheel. Spin I'm nervous for you guys. Wait, Alex, what do you want? I feel like we never ask you what you God want. God help us you want if we party. have to try and connect Vice to Sausage Party, because I do not know how that is going to happen. <laughs> it's going to, isn't it? Oh. Oh. Oh, oh no. Interesting. I don't like that tone of voice. What have we got? So what we have got... He's Googling the year and director. <laughs> which uh, means it's not many of the ones that I want it to be. <laughs> um, so uh, we are going to be delving into 2019 drama comedy, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Ooh, I want to see this film. I haven't seen it yet, though. This is uh, directed by Richard Linklater and stars Kate Blanchett. Have you guys watched it yet? No, I've not seen it. No, me neither. Me neither. Neither have I. Uh, so, Lucy, uh, we get every guest, whether they like it or love it, <laughs> um, at the end of every episode to say, we will see you in the Annapurnaverse. Okay, just say that phrase. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. We will see you in the Annapurnaverse. I love it, I love it. Perfect. Do it right, first time, every time. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Annapurnaverse podcast. You can find Lucy on Twitter at LucyJBooglis and you can also listen to her podcast, TV Time. We'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes, so go and check her out.